Hello and welcome to our second ICC podcast. My name is David, I'm your host and in this episode I met my friend Marian from Singapore. Marian moved over from Singapore to Cork together with her Greek husband and in this podcast she will tell us how she made Cork her home and she will also tell us about her recent travels to Southeast Asia. She traveled to the Philippines, Vietnam, Thailand, Myanmar and Indonesia. So, but before we start our podcast, I would like to let you know that I see is hosting a new event on Wednesday, the 14th of November. So if anyone is looking to check out a foreign film in the Kino and get to know a few new people, you should definitely check this out. The movie is called L'Auberge Espagnole. I hope my pronunciation was all right. But now I hope you will enjoy the podcast. So I do think like, wow, it's a huge difference from Singapore because you look at the Singapore buildings, the land, that, you know, the skyscrapers, beautiful, shiny. I think you could see your reflection every time you walk past. But when you're in court, you kind of like see all these old build, derelict buildings, like old buildings, and you think, you know, why can't they just do something about it? I think that's another huge thing when you talk about culture, you know, because I grew up in a city where everybody lives together, right? The Chinese, the Malay, the Indians, Muslims, like you said, Christ I mean, Christians, Hindus, we all respect each other. Like we have our holidays, like students in Asia tend to be more, more highly motivated, high competitive. Like, um, I don't know, people are aiming for 100% in Asia, or at least where in Singapore. But in UCC, I felt it was all about like the best that you can do, you know. Nobody mm -hmm. says you have to get like 100%. Like. And have you ever had a real bad experience in here Cork? in Cork? Yeah. Um, no, but I did, I did have an experience when I first moved here, which I thought was strange. But someone actually asked me, um, so what are you doing in Cork? And I said I was studying. And then the guy says jokingly, or maybe I don't know what he meant, but he said, so when are you going back? Do you know, like no one really says, when are you going back, right? Yeah. You just say, I love Guinness, I'm a Guinness girl too and so But I actually you it. should love Beamish or oh, Murphy. Oh, sorry, yeah. but, I, but I do love Guinness. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our second I See podcast. My name is David. I am the host of today and I'm very proud to have this very, very special guest. Her name is Marianne. She's originally from Singapore. She moved to Cork about two or three years ago together with her husband. But Marianne, I think you would like to introduce yourself. Hello everyone. So my name is Marianne. I'm from Singapore. I moved here three years ago with my husband. Obviously, I moved here for love. <laughs> um, obviously, before that, I've never heard of Cork, to be very honest. Uh, yeah. When you think of Ireland, you think Dublin, right? Yeah. Yeah, and also I think there's a huge confusion with Northern Ireland and Ireland and I had to learn these things when Sarah came home one day and told me Sarah's your husband. My husband and he yeah, he came home one day and he told me, um, I've got a job interview in Cork and I was like, Where is Cork? And yeah. I had to actually Google it and like And at that time you've been in Singapore. Yes. Together. Okay. Yes, we were in Singapore when he actually got an interview in Cork and um so, you know, We went, we, that was when we first got open to the idea of Ireland and yeah. moving here. So it was huge for us because obviously for me, it was something I had to Google. Yeah. 
for Sarah as well, because we didn't know how many people lived in the city, what yeah. was it like. Yeah. So your husband, he's not from Singapore, I guess. Yes, uh, so to introduce a bit about Sarandos, he's actually from Greece. So obviously we're an interracial couple and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting enough for us in Singapore. So you can imagine moving to Cork, it became something way more like exciting. Something completely different for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To live in a completely different yeah. land. Yeah. So before this, you have lived all your life long in Singapore? Um, so Sarah and I, we've got a bit of experience. I lived in the UK for about two years okay. when I studied there. And Sarah lived in London as well for about four years because he did his uh, PhD. Actually, he did his master's there as well. So I think six years he lived in London. Um, so we got a bit of experience living out of our homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we both moved back to Singapore and that's how we met by mm -hmm. chance, yeah. Okay. So you met by chance in Singapore and then you got married and then your husband got an offer, a job offer from Cork. Yes. So you had like life experience from the UK. Yes. But it was for both of you a new adventure because it's it was, it was the our first, first adventure exactly. our first as first adventure couple, yeah. as a married couple so well for you actually you had already life experience outside of singapore in the uk yeah. i assume okay um you were aware that actually the weather in england is bad enough yeah, it's, it's bad really enough bad, or yeah. actually i used to live in leeds yeah which is a the northern uk um, it's very cold, colder than Cork. To yeah. Be honest. Yeah. It snows as well. It's kind of used to the to the yeah. weather, and I knew but well, so. you were used to, it and so you were not afraid. Um, let's be honest. When we first heard about it, like we said, it was like the first couple adventure, and you know, for me, like living in Singapore meant that I was with my family. So if we moved away, then it was like the first time we were both going to be alone, starting this whole new journey alone, and yeah. So at that point, we thought, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. jump into this. Like, take a leap of faith and try something. Yeah. Yeah. The weather didn't scare me at all. <laughs> the weather didn't scare you at all. Okay. And um, Leeds is... I well, have never been to Leeds and I don't know much about Leeds. But I just assume that Leeds is way, way smaller than Singapore. Is that yes. right? Way yeah. smaller, yes. Um, yeah, but I think everyone's aware Singapore is as well a dot on the map. It's like, yeah. I think, I wouldn't go as... Yeah, it's not, it's not the smallest city, but... It is a very small city, but we have lots of people living there. If I'm not wrong, I think it's about 6.5. That's more than Cork. I That's think. more than Ireland. Yeah, yeah. More, That's more than, than Ireland. Than, as well. Yeah, more than Ireland. So I think this experience, your life experience from Leeds, helped you to to have a rough or a vague image Idea, of yeah. Cork. And so it was not something totally new for you, but it was the first um, adventure as as married couple. Yes. So, did you read anything about Cork before? We looked at the number of people that live in the city because obviously, as I mentioned, in Singapore there's six point five million people. So I wanted to know what kind of city are we talking about. Yeah. I know it was the second largest city in Ireland. I found out that um approximately two hundred thousand people live here. I I think it's, it's less right? than this. No, Is it's it less. It's less. Okay. Well, I mean. We can check this on Wikipedia, but yeah. I think it's less than this. But but okay. never mind. Yeah. And I found out about the university that there was something that I could do. Um, what else did we read up? Um, so Sar obviously came here for the interview, and he told me that about the shops. Cause I am an avid shopper. I love shopping, so I had to find out like what shops they had. So mm -hmm. I guess Oprah Lane was a bit of a 
you know, it kind of like made me feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> at least there's Topshop, at least there's H&M. Yeah. Uh, so it well, didn't sound that bad. Yeah. So I did read up a bit and, uh, uh, and look, it was, it's completely different from Singapore. Yeah. Right? I mean, I come from somewhere where capitalism is like a big thing. Everyone loves shopping. So um, when I moved here, I wanted to make sure that I had a bit of home as a I see. Associate something with home. Yeah. So we all know that Singapore is a very clean city. Yes. yes. Singapore likes... It's a fine city. Yeah, it's a fine city. <laughs> I just wanted to say this, but you were faster than me. It's a fine city. Yeah. Well, even chewing gums is... It's banned in Singapore. It's yes, banned. Yeah. And whereas in Cork, it's hard not to step in dog pool when you have left the house. So... Yeah. How did you cope with that? I mean, probably one of the cleanest cities in the world, Singapore, and then you end up in Cork. And well, with all the res with all respects, I don't want to offend anyone, but let's be honest, Cork is not as not as clean, as not Singapore. as clean as yeah. Singapore. You know. Mm -hmm. So how was it for you? Was it I don't know, tough like or? I think because for someone that's traveled a lot, like I love Asia, like Asia out of Singapore, you know, like Thailand, Indonesia. I think I got kind of used to like mess, yeah. got like dirty Asia. So coming here wasn't a huge shock, like about the dirt, like about the, you know, how dirty it is. I know like when you look at buildings, it does sometimes give me a, like, I do think like, wow, it's a huge difference from Singapore. Because you look at the Singapore buildings, the land, that like, you know, the skyscrapers beautiful shiny i think you could see your reflection every time you walk past but when you're in cork you kind of like see all these old build derelict buildings like old buildings and you think you know why can't they just do something about it mm. i mean that's just what you think you know but like i don't know like at the same time let's just say i think it's part of the character of cork it's quirky that's part of cork i mean you walk in the city and you just think you know the way it is mm. that's just what makes it special mm. it's not dublin it's cork yeah you, you, I mean, you should you yeah, feel the same when you walk down the street. You know, you know you're in court. Yeah. 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 So I guess I wouldn't change a thing. You wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change yeah. a thing. I think I got used to it, and like I don't think it's as dirty as like I think I've mm -hmm. seen dirtier places. Mm -hmm. like, um. Yeah. Of course, the buildings are really old, but I think they're they are building like more new things. Now. Because there are more people moving, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, so. Uh. So when I first moved to Cork, I wasn't studying. So I. I actually, um, what I did was I actually joined groups. Actually, ICC was one of the pages yeah. that I joined and then I met some friends. So you studied at the UCC yes, in Cork as well. So like your husband, he's an engineer? And is, he's a scientist. He's a scientist. Yeah. Okay. And once he got the job offer, you also looked for a proper university Yes. Or what did you do? Okay. I looked for a proper university. Um, UCC was a good choice because obviously um, they, they have very good courses like medicine as well. Um, but I wanted to focus on nutrition. So I signed up and I knew there was a good course there, really, really good professors as well. Um, and I don't know if anyone knows this, but actually UCC has the vitamin D unit that's mm -hmm. actually I didn't know known this. around Europe like for their okay. research. So I thought it was good. You know, mm -hmm. a good place for me to start and finish my degree as well. So I signed up, I joined the university, made friends with the locals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time in university. I think it was a, okay, it was a total different experience, like you said, from yeah. Singapore again. The university itself is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like, um, mm -hmm. I learned so much. The university is different to Singapore in ter terms of what? The buildings are really old. The buildings are really old. The rooms old, are yeah. really small. 
college experience is completely different. Like students in Asia tend to be more, more highly motivated, high competitive. Like um, I don't know, people are aiming for hundred percent in Asia. Oh, at least we're in Singapore. But in UCC, I felt it was all about like the best that you can do. You know, nobody mm-hmm. says you have to get like hundred percent. Like students yeah. just are like you know they have a balanced lifestyle. I see that at least. I see them partying. I see yeah. them studying. But it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Like compared to Singapore. Yeah, you won't see Asian students doing that. Like yeah. we are very focused. Yeah, hand focused. So the university life in Singapore was tougher for you. Tougher, definitely way yeah. tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when you go to class, you are you you like every day is a competition. Even yeah. in a tutorial, like you know that if you don't put in your best, yeah. your grades are gonna fall. That was how it was in Singapore. Yeah. Like we followed a GPA system, whereas here it's more like you know you just do your exams and you can get seventy percent. Yeah. Over there, if your GPA falls with one module, like you know, mm-hmm. you know everything is gone. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of like lived on the edge, you know, knowing yeah. that you know you can't mess up. So, and what if you mess up? That's it. That's, that's how it. the education system is. Yeah, if you mess up, you don't go to the next round, which means you don't get into the top universities. And I don't know if you know this, but two of our universities in Singapore, local universities, are actually one of the top in the world. Yeah, they're ranked like in the top twenty at least. So, but. Does mean like if if you fail, you find it, another option. If you, you find fail. another option. Yeah. Yes. You don't get into the local universities. You find another option. Yeah. But you and I both know in this world is all about the money. Mm. So if you have the money, you can fail. <laughs> if you don't have yeah, the money, okay. you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. So that's how it is in Singapore. It's like a very competitive society, and if you don't catch up, then yeah. you're just gonna like you know mm-hmm. be behind. Oh, was like for you. Difficult that not everyone was so competitive, or did did they see you as over ambitious or? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think they saw me as competition, and uh, there there are competitive people there. Like yeah. I'm not gonna lie, like every every course has competitive students. I think in my course it was at least like five or six of them that were really competitive. Um, but at the same time, you see the students that are not. Like, mm-hmm. So it's quite balanced, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when I came in, I think the ones who were competitive sensed that I was definitely over overly ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't mind. I really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's com- like we said, it's different culture. Um, yeah. I learned how to, you know, mix with the locals. And I hung out. I went for parties with the students as well. But I also know that I had to focus because mm-hmm. that's just part of my culture. Yeah. So I still had that in me. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, during exams, I just won't drink. Mm-hmm. I just won't drink. Yeah. But I know I know of other students that will drink. So yeah. Yeah. Students here at least do. But yeah. Not, not at home. Yeah. Well, in in Singapore, as you said, the fine city. I think there are tough bands, tough fines on marijuana. I think it's not just fines. They have the death penalty. Oh, death penalty. Yeah. So. Well, maybe you would not admit this, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, probably in Leeds you have smoked. Uh, Are not you smoked, trying to trap uh, me here? No, 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 not smoked. Sorry. I think probably in Leeds, Le- at least in Leeds, you probably smelled the first time the smoke of marijuana. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. Were you shocked? Very shocked. Yeah. Very shocked. Yeah, because students were doing it as well, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god," because in Singapore. 
there is no way, no way that you will ever smell yeah. it. No way, no way. No, no one talks about drugs. You know, when we were in school, they actually gave us like propaganda about yeah. drugs, like how bad it was, that, that the moment you touch just a bit, you'll be addicted. Yeah. Like even about weed. And like yeah. when I found out the truth, like in Leeds, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> all our life we've been taught that if we yeah. smoke weed, we become addicted to it. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's funny when you see the world outside. Because, yeah. you know, when you grew up in this small city and it's yeah. easy, you know, for propaganda to kind of like yeah. get in your head. Yeah. So when have you actually realized that you were a victim of this propaganda or that actually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe it's a tough word, victim, but uh, actually like, like that's the world in Europe or that's the the mindset or the, the views in Europe are in some ways contrary to what you have learned or what you were taught in in Singapore. Very, yes. But I think the only way that um, that you can come out of it to, to know that there is a world out there that the European laws are different, the state, the United States is different, is that you have to go traveling. I think traveling is key because yeah. if, you, if you're stuck in your bubble, and let's just be honest, some of my friends are still in bubbles yeah. at home. And, and I, I don't blame them because you get this perfect life, right? Mm. You have money, you have safety. Singapore is one of the safest cities in the world. Why would you question anything if you have everything yeah. given to you on, on a silver platter? You don't need to question anything. You just mm. live in that bubble for the rest of your life. You get the money, you just live a good life. Whereas there are people like me and you who question life. And the people who question life just end up, you know, mm. finding out the answers and like, and the only way to find out the answer is to travel. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's the only way. Like, and you know, when you travel, you, you don't always say, I mean, I don't know about the way you travel, mm. but I mean, it's not always good, is it? Like, you know, some mm. people get robbed of when they get travel and they learn from mm. that. Well, so, I mean, if you've ever got robbed, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. there's a saying yeah. that bad experience are always exactly. good for you. Yeah. yeah. And so, you were actually in, in your early 20s when you moved to Leeds, right? Um, Or even younger than this? I was 20 when I moved. You were 20, okay. I was 20 when I moved to Leeds, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, that was probably the moment of enlightenment, yes. probably, for you. That's not everything is as strict as, as it is in Singapore. Not everything is as safe as it is in Singapore. Not everything is as clean as it is in Singapore, you, in terms of safety, you just said Singapore is one of the safe, is, safest yeah. city. And probably Cork does not belong to one of the safest cities. Not it, it is pretty safe, I think, compared to like Dublin. Well, yes, yeah. compared to other cities, it yes. is safe. It's, I mean, it's not the safest, it's not, neither it is the, the most dangerous city, but probably it's a different story, like leaving the house as a girl mm. in Singapore at night rather than leaving the house in Blackpool at night. Definitely. In Singapore, you could stay out all night. You yeah. could, as a girl, you could be, you could go out for a night out and come back at six or seven in the morning. Nothing will happen. Like, it's so safe, you know. And maybe I might sound naive saying this, but I'm, I can promise you it's one of the safest cities. I mean, yeah. if something happens, it's just bad luck. Really, really bad luck. Yeah. But, you know... It's, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, there's mm -hmm. no, like... But due to this, have you never felt unsafe? Never. Never not felt unsafe? Never. I mean, yeah. not in Singapore, but... In but Cork. In Cork. Um, I don't... I mean, you know, before I came here, I've heard stories about Dublin being really unsafe, but people actually say Cork is quite safe. And I, I mean, I live 15, 
minutes away from the city centre and I feel like I can walk in and out and it's fine. And I've gone on night out and walked back as well, so mm-hmm. I don't at all feel like I'm safe in Cork. Mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe people have been nice as well. I yeah. don't know if you feel the same, but I feel, you know, taxi drivers as well have been caring. I mean, if you get the right driver so far, I haven't got anybody that's been creepy to me. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's okay. But I'm not sure about places if you live like in, you know, Balancholic or mm-hmm. somewhere completely out of, you know, the Cork area, then mm-hmm. maybe... Yeah. yeah, the city area at least. And have you ever had a real bad experience in here Cork? in Cork? Yeah. Um, no, but I did I did have an experience when I first moved here, which I thought was strange, but maybe you can correct me here, maybe it's the culture. But someone actually asked me, um, so what are you doing in Cork? And I said I was studying. And then the guy says, jokingly, or maybe, I don't know what he meant, but he said, so when are you going back? Mm-hmm. And I thought that sounded a bit, I don't know, is he, did he mean like, do you know, like no one really says, when are you going back, right? Yeah. You just say, like, oh, so do you live in Ireland? Like, because you know, if you accept the idea of expats, people moving, then you would never say, when are you moving back, mm-hmm. right? Like, you yeah. just go, oh, so you do live here, how long have you lived here? But no, he asked me when I was moving back, so yeah. I didn't know how to answer his question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know if it's a culture thing, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or because, you know, they're so used to their city being... Pure, uh, most of the people here are Irish. Mm. So I think, you know, well, this, if you come here, this has changed be. a bit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think we're probably, me and you are probably in the transition stage, mm. you know, where they're actually transi- transitioning into a more cosmopolitan city mm-hmm. where there are more people coming in. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. definitely when I first moved here, they were a bit. When was that? When you three moved? Three years ago. Three years ago, yeah. in 2015. 15, yes. Okay. So, and just recently, you have finished your university, yes. you are now yeah. a graduate and yes. you are a nutritionist, congratulations to this. And now the chapter here is, well, not completely mm-hmm. over, but you are actually planning a new chapter and you already left Cork for some time, yes. just after you graduated and you traveled. Yes. Could you tell us a bit about your travels? travels? Um, so when I was in Cork and doing my studies, I don't know about any of you out there or maybe you, David, if you feel like sometimes it can be a bit small in Cork and, you know, trapped, like you feel trapped and you want to see mm-hmm. the world. So when I finished, I promised myself that I will use the time to travel. Mm-hmm. So I did. I went to Asia, went to the Philippines. That was wow. my first stop. Uh, I spent about two weeks in the Philippines and uh, I feel, you know, people don't usually think of the Philippines. You think, oh, it might be messy, you know, you think Manila, you think lots of people, you think karaoke, which is true. The mm. Filipinos can karaoke and it's beautiful. Um, but what I really enjoyed about the Filipinos is that they're one of the nicest people I've ever met, like of all, like from all my travels. Okay, mm-hmm. not not including the Irish because the Irish are really nice as well, mm-hmm. of course. But the Filipinos are so like hospitable, you know. Yeah. They like welcome you and they and they all speak perfect English. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, I never once felt like you know uns as un, like it was unsafe because yeah. I felt like they were trying to help. You know, all the time they knew we were girls traveling mm-hmm. and they were trying to help us, giving us tips on where to go, where not to yeah. go. So I thought, you know, it was good. did they see you as a native in the first place? Oh, uh, not me, because mm. I think I clearly look Indian. Yeah. Um, but I traveled with my best friend, and she definitely looks. She's actually Malay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there she thought she was Filipino. So, mm -hmm. yeah. She always gets confused. Being, yeah. So, um, Singapore is a melting pot. So, it's a melting pot of Chinese, of people of Chinese, Chinese heritage, Malay, Malay Indian, India. So, your family is also mixed, kind um, of? or My father is Indian and my mother is uh, half Portuguese, half Sri Lankan. Oh, okay. So, a bit of a mix, yeah. Yeah. And so, your native language is... Uh, we all speak English. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Singaporeans are bilingual. Mm -hmm. So I speak Mandarin. Yeah. It's my second language. That's your second language. Yeah. Okay. I have been once to Singapore and I find this remarkable that there's actually... You don't see any kind of... You know, or not even a potential conflict between, yeah. between the different ethnicities mm. so like you have muslims you have hindus you have yes. christians it's because we learn how to live together yeah. you know and like i think that's another huge thing when you talk about culture you know because i grew up in a city where everybody lives together right the chinese the malay the indians muslims like you said christ i mean christians hindus we all respect each other like we have our holidays you know we have the Hindu ceremony is going on, we have the Muslim ceremony is going on and we all respect that. And in fact, we actually go to each other's houses, mm -hmm. our neighbors' houses and celebrate these events with them. So it's never been a time where we felt like, you know, we didn't want to know about somebody else's culture. It's just part of us, part of how we are as Singaporeans. So when you come out of that bubble and you come out to the rest and of the world and you see... All of them, regardless their heritage, yeah. sees, see themselves as Singaporeans. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We all see ourselves as Singaporeans and we help each other. No one has ever said, oh, you're Muslim and so you're, you live in a different part of town. No, there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, everybody lives together. Like, mm -hmm. And I think that's how the Singapore system works as well. If you live in a flat, they actually have to fill up a certain number of Indians, certain number of Malays, certain number of Chinese. So yeah. Every block, every building has a certain percentage of races. Yeah. But the government is completely secular. or How, how is it in Singapore? Mm, that's a very good question. I think they... Yes, yes, it's definitely secularism because we cannot take into account all the religions in yeah. China. But the Muslims do get Sharia law. They get their own law. Yeah. Like, but that's fair, I think. Um, but yeah, everything else is trial in court. Like, everything else is by mm -hmm. law, yeah. Okay. So... So Sharia law only implies for marriage. I mean, Muslim marriages. Okay. No? Obviously, they get a different set of rules. But it doesn't apply to... Other oh no no like no like if they commit a crime and things it's just the Singapore so, law yeah okay. it's mm -hmm. just yeah and um, yeah. I think it was hard on them for doing that but I think they did a good job they mm -hmm. really did uh, um, bring the country together and I think that's another thing that I find difficult when you move abroad you do see that there is a difference I mm -hmm. mean you see that there is a difference like with yeah. certain races living apart and I think that sometimes you know and be kind I always think that some countries could learn from us like, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. to live together because if you live together see how prosperous you can be. Mm -hmm. like us. Yeah. Well, great example. So, yeah, back to your travels in in, in the Philippines. Yes. So, you said the Filipinos were Filipinos very, are Filipinos, very sorry, nice. Yeah. Were very welcoming. Very welcoming. And so we went to Cebu, which is yeah. a very beautiful city. They actually have loads of beautiful beaches in the Philippines if you're looking for a beach. Um, we went to one of the islands, El Nido, Palawan. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. The yeah. water is clear. And... Um, what can I so say? I can say it's very raw in the Philippines. There's not many, you know, like the typical backpacking route. Everybody yeah. goes to Cambodia, Vietnam, yeah. Thailand, the typical route, right? But if you go to um, the Philippines, because it's so raw, you're not going to see so many. 
mm-hmm. record. Yeah. As you usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe some are also a little bit afraid of the, of the. Um, strict rules or yes, the yes. dictatorship. So we did hear yeah. some really crazy stuff when we were there. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we the, the one of the things that really struck us was people kept telling us, "Don't take drugs. Yeah. Don't touch <laughs> any drug. Don't take any drug." Because apparently the Filipino um, government is so strict that apparently it's shoot on order or something. Yeah. That if they find you with a drug, they can shoot mm-hmm. you. Okay. They can shoot you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's really insane. Now. Yeah. Cebu was the Cebu, yeah, yes. and, uh, and that's that's an island. It's a city. Yeah. It's a city, okay. And then we did an island as well, yeah. Nido Palawan, and um, yeah, so that was two weeks, and then after that, I went to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and but before you went to Hong Kong, where in what kind of places did you usually stay in the Philippines? Um, so we were traveling with four of us. So what we did was we booked a hostel, but yeah. for four beds, three girls, one guy, and we prefer it that way because at least we had our own room you know with our friends so in Alnido yeah it was a hostel in Cebu it was we did some hotels as well you know sometimes you can find budget hotels and once we actually did Airbnb yeah yeah it works as well yeah good experience good. Yeah. we stayed in a condo mm-hmm. yeah so it was like a whole flat and what other things are to discover in um in this place where you have been near Cebu and Cebu I think we, we did mostly food food tours because um, we had a lot of time spent on the islands and we wanted to know more about the Filipino culture so we actually went for like karaoke mm-hmm. you know the Filipinos are known for karaoke yeah so we actually went for it and it was really fun but uh, let's just be honest they sing really well mm-hmm. they sing so well that you might feel quite yeah. well for yourself yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still a must experience. Um, we had food as well, lots of food. Mm-hmm. The, so the cuisine is totally different, by the way. It's like yeah. sweet food. Yeah, it's mostly sweet. So don't expect spicy at all. Mm-hmm. No spicy food. Yeah. So I hope you took a lot of pictures from yes, from this yeah. trip. And you have a travel blog, is that right? Yes, I do, yeah. So you also... You also wrote some some blog posts about this. Yes, I did. Uh, so I have a travel blog, and yeah. what I do is I what's write what's the name of the travel blog? Um, Foodie Globe Trotter. Foodie Globe Trotter. Yes. So do you have a Facebook fan page as well? Or? Yes, I do. It's Foodie Globe Trotter as well. Yeah. It's very simple. And um, the good thing about the blog is you can actually read this later in the description of of this podcast. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I encourage everyone to read it because I actually give loads of tips as well, like where I stayed, how much I spent, foods to try, yeah, yeah, and you know basically what to avoid. I even tell people like maybe you know don't do this or do that, like yeah. you know, so that they don't make the same mistakes I did. Yeah. What um, was the most amazing food you ate at the Philippines? Oh, the seafood. The seafood. So when I was on the island, they actually had a uh, like seafood stands where you could actually pick your seafood fresh from the stand. Um, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Fresh, raw? Yeah, or... like fresh. And then they actually cook it for you right in front of okay. you, like grill. But it was all by the beach. And we took fish, squid. Uh, oh, we had crabs as well. Oh. And they were cooked with like garlic. Mm-hmm. And like, it was amazing. It was, I, I think it was so simple, but so well done. Yeah. Yeah. I well, would highly recommend it. So, after this, you flew to Hong Kong? Yes, Hong Kong. Yeah. Hong Kong is completely different from the Philippines, obviously. It's yeah. a very dense city. Uh, I was shocked yeah. by the buildings. because obviously, Even though you're from Singapore, I know, you were shocked. Because 
I don't. You've been to Singapore, right? Yeah. Singapore is so much more. I think we have. I've more been space. to Hong Kong as well. Do you so. feel like Hong Kong is very condensed? It's so packed, like mm. so many buildings, mm. and the build and they're very small. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. very tight, and the yeah. streets are very small as yeah. well. Um, but I guess that's part of the Hong Kong character, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah. And, um, but I won't live in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah. It was too many people, and uh, I I tried taking the train as well, and I freaked out. It was so crowded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wouldn't change it. It was a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the food was nice. Dim yeah. sums. We had loads of dim sums. Yeah. And How many days did you stay in Hong I Kong? I stayed there for four days. Four days. Hong Kong only. is expensive. In yeah. three, I think it was like no, sorry, I think it might have been four nights, but I spent like for each night it was about two hundred euros if I'm not wrong, yeah. hundred euros, one hundred fifty euros, somewhere around there. Yeah. About hundred to two hundred per night. Well. Wow. Yeah. You stayed in a hostel or? No, no, in a hotel because oh. I traveled with my dad. So, okay. And it was a nice trip, like for both of us. Yeah. kind of like did a lot of um, did you stay at Hong Kong Island or the mainland of Hong Kong uh, we stayed in Wan Chai Wan Chai I don't know where it is uh, so it's opposite yes it's Hong Kong Island Hong Kong Island yes okay. it's opposite uh, you know so Nathan Road and all is on one yeah. side it's on the other side okay yeah so near you, Discovery Bay okay yeah. so you always did you take the ferry the Star Ferry from no, we One didn't. That, that size it, was, it was very crowded. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you should have done this because yeah. this is really stunning. Yeah. It was really so crowded. We just took the, it took um, in the view from the, yeah. from the pier. We went to the pier, took yeah. the view in. What else did we do? We did a lot of food stuff. We just ate so much mm. through Hong Kong. Yeah. And walked around a lot and, you know, just embraced the culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, the Victoria Peak. We climbed mm-hmm. it as well. Oh my gosh. That was another story. So we like, we thought, okay, so we went to the peak, right? We took the, we took the tram and everything. Everybody told us to get down and we thought that, we saw people just getting down and we thought, we saw a sign that said the peak was further up. Yeah. So we walked. Yeah. We walked all the way up to the yeah. real peak. And there was no one there. It was just me and my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I guess all the like Chinese people were like all just taking pictures down at, you know, where the, the tram stopped them and they were just taking pictures yeah. from there. Well, the peak is... It's like a mountain. Exactly. Yeah. And we mm. went to the real peak, you know. Yeah. We actually had to climb further up and it was a long walk. It was like at least a half an hour, 40 minute walk yeah. up, yeah. And it was really steep as well. Wow. Mm. But I wrote, I, I write about these things in my blog yeah. as well and I encourage like um, mm-hmm. people who are traveling who want to see something completely different mm-hmm. um, because the peak is not just one view, right? Yeah. Like, typically, everyone goes to Hong Kong and they get the city view. But if you actually go further up, you actually get more of the island, you know, like mm-hmm. the other side of the island as well. And it's quite yeah. nice to see, you know. Yeah, I think there. you should actually challenge yourself. See both yeah. sides of Hong Kong. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so much so much to discover. And as I said, I would advise everyone to take the Star Ferry just to go from one side to, to another and try the food. Definitely, yeah. the food. The peak is a must, I would say. And actually, there are so many. And what is really underestimated in Hong Kong are the beaches, actually. There are also, oh, yes, also yes, there yes, even yes, beaches yeah. in Hong Kong we can go to, which are actually quiet. You do not feel like you, you are in Hong Kong. So, you know, I you said like it's you, so, you so packed, but, but there are also um, calm places in Hong Kong. Mm. Very and I always place. feel like you need more time as well in Hong Kong, right? I mean, you don't really... There's so many things to see and do. Yeah. That I don't think we had enough time. 
I mean, I don't know if you know, Hong Kong has Disneyland as well. So, like, if yeah. you wanted to see Disneyland, you'd probably need another three more days. Yeah, but so, uh, who wants to see Disneyland? I mean, well, you can go to Paris to, to, to see Disneyland. <laughs> but, I mean, like, who wants to travel to Asia to, to go to Disneyland? I mean, exactly. unless you have too much money. So, um... So, I well, mean, Asians have a lot of money. A- crazy well, rich Asians, right? Crazy rich Asians <laughs> might do this, but I no, it would not be on my list to be honest. Yeah, unless unless I had too much money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So that was Hong Kong for us. That was Hong Kong, and what's yeah. what's was the next trip? What came after this? Thailand. Indonesia. 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 Yes. Wow. I think out of all my trips, Indonesia was special because I did something that I've never done in my life and I don't know if I ever do again. I actually climbed the volcano. Oh. Yeah, and I actually went like really close to a crater mm-hmm. where the sulfur gas was coming out. Yeah. And I like, I want to say Were you everyone, scared? Yes. Yeah. And let's just be honest with everyone. I actually have anxiety, so I panic a lot. Yeah. But at that moment, you just know you can't panic. Because I had a gas mask on and I was in the crater and there was no way out. Oh. You know, damn. if you panic, you're going to lose your breath. Yeah. So I remember thinking at that point, do you want to die? Yeah. Or do you want to live? And I was like, I want to live. So I breathed and I got through it and I saw the beauty of it all. Like mm-hmm. the blue fire, the natural blue fire phenomenon yeah. with, you know, in the volcano. Um, the crater, the gas. Uh, yeah, it was it was just spectacular. Oh, wow. Well. I envy you. I envy you for, for that yeah. experience. Yeah. It was it was hard. It was an eight hour trek, and we started yeah. at midnight. Oh, was it, was it an organized trip or? Uh, yes, because you you need a guide. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't recommend you to go without a guide because you actually have to climb into the crater, and it's only a one way down. Yeah. And it's very oh, wow. rocky, and it's very steep, and not and safe. And so where in Indonesia was um, that? Um. So you fly into Surabaya. Yeah. And um, which is in East Java. And they will drive you to the volcano. The volcano that I'm talking about is Mount Eiji. Yeah. And that's where you get the one of the natural phenomenons of blue fire, where you will actually see the mm-hmm. blue fire at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they say there's only like two in the world. The other ones apparently. In Why Iceland. is it blue fire? I mean, how? What's what's the temperature of it? Oh, I'm not sure about temperature, but it's hot. Like it's really yeah. hot, and um, apparently it's a natural phenomenon because of sulfur. Yeah. So it creates like this, you know, colored gas in sulfur, yeah, and uh, and apparently um, you have to be lucky to see it because you know because of the gas and because it, sometimes you get bad weather if it's raining you don't see it at all. Hmm. So we were lucky that day it wasn't raining, but yeah. apparently the day before it was raining. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Wow. It was yeah. It was one of the most um, life changing experiences, mm-hmm. and then actually. Once you're done at the crater, they take you for a walk up to the top of the volcano. Yeah. At the, yeah, at the edge. And actually, you can get the view of the sunrise mm-hmm. in the morning. It was beautiful, like against the lake and everything, the acid lake. Mm-hmm. Well, now being here in Cork, Blackrock, <laughs> it sounds like a completely different world. Yeah. I know, but yeah. that's what I'm saying I'm to here. everyone. Do mm-hmm. it, do it. Yeah. Like, go out, challenge yourself, do something different because, I mean, I sat there watching the sunrise that day thinking... I don't care what the world says about me anymore mm. because I'm strong. Mm. I beat that moment, you know, that moment where I could have panicked and given up, just walked away. But yeah. I stayed because I wanted so to... So it helped you to face your exactly. anxiety. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like, 
like I said, if you live in Cork and you live in that little bubble all your life and you just think, okay, you know, this is it, this is it. Oh, even Europe, right? You live in mm. Europe all your life and you think everything is the way it is, like you said earlier. Mm. But you don't actually cross over the waters or like go see what other, what other people are doing. Yeah, you know, like... Or see something different, something spectacular like a volcano, something simple mm. as that. Or, I don't know, or, or I don't know, like you said, even a beach in Hong Kong, that's different as well, mm. right? It's yeah. a whole different experience. So, challenge yourself, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Well, I have been to Thailand myself and I've been to Hong Kong and Malaysia and Singapore, but I have never been to Myanmar. And I think Myanmar is a very unknown, a very secretive country and you have been to this place. So I would love it if you can share some, some of your experience you gathered from traveling through this very secretive country. When we first got into Yangon, okay, it was a this experience was probably one of the worst in my life. Yeah. Yeah, Yangon. Why? Because it's like what you just said. It, it's it's one of those raw countries, and like you know, it's it's like there is no what what do you say? Like there is no rule book for mm-hmm. Myanmar. You know, I I bought okay. This is silly of me, but I actually brought my Lonely Planet of Myanmar, and I thought, okay, look, I'm gonna go to Yangon. I'm gonna know what to do. Typically, yeah. the same thing. And I can do this. So you were with your usual travel group. I was group with Started with my husband, so it okay. was very different. It was nice. We thought it was a couple kind of trip, something we wanted to explore together. Yeah. Um, we went there and uh, yeah, so we actually had to get a visa to get in. And this, I know it may sound not shocking to you, but it's shocking for me because in come as a Singaporean, we actually get to travel around Asia without yeah. visa, but we needed a visa for Myanmar. And when you go to Yangon, they actually tell you where you can go. Yangon's the capital, capital of yeah. Myanmar. They actually tell you where you can go and where you can't go. So there's territories where it's like blocked and where the you know where you can see, and then you're walking on the streets and you realize there's nobody else like you. Hmm. You probably me and Sarah were the only tourists walking on the streets. Yeah, really. Okay. Yes, it was. Re- I was. I was. I don't know. At some point, you just feel a bit unsafe, you know. And I remember wearing sleeveless a sleeveless top and long pants, and I actually told Sarah. I turned to him and I said, "Sorry, let's go to the market now. I want to get something to cover my shoulders," mm-hmm. because everyone was staring at us. Yeah. And it just didn't feel. Did they ask you to to no. take photos? Oh. Uh, no, they didn't. It wasn't like that, you see. It mm. wasn't like... It happens sometimes in... Well, it happened to me a few times in Asia that they yeah. asked me if they can take a picture of me. But, but not me. I don't but they were too if shy. they had phones. Yeah. It was so different. They, I didn't see them having Do they have phones. Wi-Fi? Or no. No? Yeah, it wasn't like that. It wasn't very new. Like, And I remember taking the train. It was one of the... Okay, so the circle train is like a famous thing where they take you around seeing the countryside of Myanmar in Yangon. Yeah. And we took that. It was very interesting. I, I think I have some pictures I can share yeah. as well if you would like. On Instagram. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, where people were lying on the train and uh, like they were selling plants. It was like the strangest thing. It was like a surreal experience. Yeah. yeah. And I remember trying the street food as well that was they were selling on the train. It was the best meal I ever had. It was like the sticky rice. Yeah. That was so amazing. Mm-hmm. It had this like nice spice in it. And Only I, sticky rice or what yeah, was that? it was like yellow colored rice with like, I don't know, with coconut and like a spicy shrimp, I think. Mm-hmm. It had that sort of taste, but it was amazing. Me and Sarah yeah. has never tasted anything like that yeah. before. Yeah. And how much did you pay for this? Like a couple of cents. Yeah. Because it was on well, the train and I was so hungry. And yeah. I know at that point, I didn't even think whether I was going to die of food poisoning. I was just yeah. like, I'm going to eat whatever. <laughs> and so I bought this rice thing from this lady on yeah. the train. And, yeah, and so cool. on the train, you were the only tourist? Or yes. Whether... And actually, you might find this interesting. There's actually a sign on the train that says no kissing. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> I you, remember looking at it and going like, okay. Even for married couple, couples? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think I took a picture. I can share it on your podcast page yeah. if you'd like. Um, it was very interesting for us. And I'll share a funny story that happened in Myanmar as well. So on Lonely Planet, they actually suggested a restaurant for us to eat at, right? And it was listed as one of the best. Japan, yeah. Japan. I remember it. Ah, Japan and Japan. So please don't go to this place in Yangon. So we actually uh, went in and we were really excited. We wanted to have Japanese food. We missed it for a while. Um, so Sarah was like happy away chatting, you know, chatting about something lovely. And out of the blue, this huge rat, okay, the size, I can't describe it right now. I think it was like, how would you say this big? Like, mm-hmm. About 20 cm, 30 cm. Like a bass. A rat. A rat. A rat. A, ra- a rat. A oh. rat crawled down oh. from behind Sar's booth where he was sitting oh. and ran past him or by oh. his neck. <laughs> and I started screaming. And that was when the lady comes with the sushi. Yeah. Oh. Can you imagine this? No way. Yes. And then 10 minutes later, the whole restaurant blacks out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I remember thinking, Sir, I can't eat here and we can't even we couldn't see anything. We wanted to leave, but we had to find like you know your wallet to pay. And that like, was an awarded restaurant. Yes, on okay. Lonely Planet, Japan, Japan. Japan. Okay. Don't don't go there. It's in Yangon, just warning yeah. everybody. <laughs> Bad experience. Um yeah, and I remember there was another couple there, a French couple, and they were actually just eating. And the guy just he saw the rat, yeah. didn't mind. The guy just goes, Excuse me, can I have more wasabi please? <laughs> <laughs> and so we were like, okay, let's get out of here because yeah. we're definitely not eating here. And um, yeah, so when you talked about, when you asked about Myanmar, I'm just saying in all honesty, it was raw. Yeah. Like, and there were rats everywhere, like at least, like, you know, unless you have the money to stay somewhere super posh and have someone serving you all the time, yeah. then you won't see the real Myanmar. But I'm telling mm-hmm. you that it was yeah. raw. Yeah. How many work weeks did you spend there? I think we spent like a week or 10 days. Okay, but, only, yeah. But it was... Like, we were scared. Yeah. And the day that we wanted to leave Yangon, like, the taxi driver apparently drove us. I don't know where he drove us, but we never made it to the airport and we missed our flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, let's just say that was the worst trip of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And That's another thing I would warn yeah. travelers as well. If you go to Yangon, leave for the airport at least three hours or three and a half before yeah. because you never know, like... But the scenery, the landscape... Beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. We went to beautiful lakes, um... The Golden Temple, they have a Shuadagon Temple, yeah. which is famous. Uh, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Day and night. Yeah. Yeah, in Yangon. Mm-hmm. I would definitely highly... I mean, maybe maybe when we went, we weren't sure. We didn't read up enough. Or maybe we needed to read more blogs. And, yeah, you know, maybe we should make a podcast only about your your trip to, to Myanmar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds really, really amazing. I would. I'm very keen to to listen real, to this, yes. and I'm very keen to see see more picture of this pictures of this. Well, amazing, amazing, and I envy you for those trips. So, so that was your last trip to Myanmar. Or? Um. So I ended the trip in Thailand. Yeah. So we went to Thailand. That was just a girls' trip. We wanted to like you know let our hair down, party, have a good time, and so we went to Kopangan. I don't know if you ever heard of yeah, Thailand, sure. Kopangan. Everybody, okay. Let me just put it out there. If you think Kopangan is a party island, I think you should erase that from your mind right now because it's not just a party island. It was really beautiful, mm-hmm. really the be- the beaches and the views, like you know. I think a lot of people mistake it. They just go there for a night, get mm-hmm. screwed, get you know 
Yeah, get shit faced. Yeah, shit faced, whatever. Um, but you miss out on the whole point, you know, mm. the island and the people are so nice. Um, I would like to actually give a shout out to one of my favorite bars in in Kopangan. Yeah, it's actually which called, is uh, One Love. One Love. Okay. Very very nice guy. His name is Nonji. He works there. If you ever go to Kopangan, mm-hmm. go go have a drink yeah, with Nonji. Nonji is now a, listening yeah. to this podcast. <laughs> Nonji would love this. I'm sending you love, bro. <laughs> So, yes, definitely. Um, and then, of course, I did the famous uh, Half Moon Party. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what it was like. Um, I think it's a must-do. Yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of what? I mean... Uh, it's like surreal. They have like, you know, if you like those kind of psychedelic kind of music, mm-hmm. it's very, very fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, I don't, I'm not into that sort of music. Yeah. But because they have, they put on a show as well, there's like fire spinners and dancers. So even if you're not like, you know, you're just there having a good time, still amused by what's going on around you. And for sure, you will see strange characters. Yeah, enjoy a I good show. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> now you're here back in Cork. So do you know what your next chapter is? Or have you already opened a new chapter? Will you stay here in Cork for some time? Or will you go to another place? I think I really like Cork, but I'm ready for another adventure. Yeah. As a, you know, I think this all this traveling has given me inspiration and I feel like um, it's time to mm-hmm. kind of like find a new adventure. And me and my husband, like we told you at the start of the podcast that we came here and this was our first adventure. I think it's time to go on a second adventure. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's see where the, where the wind blows. Mm-hmm. I'd like to live for today. But uh, I would also like to say that I will miss Cork. I will mm-hmm. miss the Irish pop culture. Mm-hmm. I will miss the people. And we've made some good friends here yeah. as well. So we will be missing yeah. Cork, yeah. And in no other place, a stout taste as good exactly. as Exactly, I will yeah. miss that. I love Guinness. I'm a Guinness girl through and so But I actually, you it. should love Beamish or oh, Murphy's. sorry. Yeah. But, I, but I do love Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair point. I don't feel offended because I'm Please not... Please don't find me after this. <laughs> I'm not an original Coconut. Am I going to get fined for not ordering Beamish? No, it's it, you don't get a fine, but people will like you a little bit less now. Oh dear, yeah. okay. I like Beamish actually, yeah. did I mention? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alright. It was a great pleasure to have you here. It was very inspiring for me and I hope also for the listeners. Hopefully we can have another podcast someday. Yes, for sure, yes. And good luck for your next Thank adventure. You. And for anyone looking for some travel tips, definitely check out my blog, foodieglobetrotter.com. And we will actually put up the link as well so you can yeah. find it and get some good tips. On and you're also on Instagram, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So it's Marianne with four N's and an R. I'll put that up as well. Uh, definitely look me up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Follow my travels and maybe I hope I give uh, people out there some inspiration. And maybe for those of you afraid, I hope that I you know, pushed you a little bit to get out there and see the world. All right. Thanks so much, Marianne. See ya. Bye-bye.